Season 1, Episode 2 of the Crown Crane Mental Health Podcast. I'm here today with my very good friend, Anton Walters. Let's get straight into it. Um, welcome to the show. Appreciate that, man. So, first of all, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us something positive that's mm-hmm. happening in your life right mm-hmm. now before we go into this sort of mental health aspect that we've come here to talk about. Cool. So, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. We really do no, appreciate it. I just want to say it's just awesome they're doing something like this because people need a place and, a, and something that they can listen to to express themselves and talk about openly about yeah, issues yeah, and problems yeah, yeah, they yeah, have. Um, so, about me. So, as you already said, I'm Anto. Uh, originally from Canada. Mm-hmm. So, that's why my accent sounds very, very offish because, <laughs> like, I'm a guy who's been living here for like 20 odd years and I'm just sort of like a hybrid of yeah. all the accents I've had. Um, my background is mental health, so I currently right now work for the DWP mm-hmm. and Job Centre supporting people with mental health mm-hmm. uh, who are unemployed to move back into work. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also worked for the NHS. I've mm-hmm. also worked in inpatient care, mm-hmm. um, elderly care, as well as with children as well. Yeah. Um, I come from having a psychology background as yeah. well as having a counselling background as well. Uh, something really positive. Well, like you were saying earlier, like I just got back from holiday. Yeah. I got back from um, Grand Canaria. I was there for 10 days with my girlfriend. It was nice. Oh, I, saw, I saw the pictures. You guys were having the best time. Oh, man. It, was, <laughs> it was awesome. It was like 20, it was either 24 or 28 every single day from literally six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You get up, the sun's already out and it's just like amazing weather all day. Can't, yeah. can't complain. And things like that. We were saying to each other when we were there, like, this is beautiful. Like, it's just mm-hmm. gorgeous. We were just sat on the beach one day, like just nothing. We just, we didn't have anything to do. And we just sat down and we were just looking out onto the beach. And we were yeah. just like saying how this is what life is about. Not like not going on holiday and such, yeah. but not having things to do yeah. and being able to just clear your mind and looking at, I was said to, I, I, I hit her with like a sweet line. I was like, look how it just, the water is just infinite. Yeah. She turned to me and she was like, wow. She was like, this guy. she was like, waste man, what are you talking about? And I was like, look how beautiful it is. It's just, it just stretches on for so far. But yeah. yeah, that was a really beautiful moment. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. So yeah, so we're here. So obviously discuss mental health issues yeah. and you're someone that's from a mental health background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so let's just dive straight into it. What's your personal experience with mental health? Have you been through any sort of mental health battles yourself? Yeah. You know, look, we'll come to your professional, yeah. you know, the professional side of your mental health uh-huh. um, experience, but have you yourself been through any mental health challenges where yeah. you've gone through anxiety, stress, uh-huh. depression, anything like that? Can you just tell us a little bit? Yeah, well, I think as individuals and as people, I think we all come across mm-hmm. something in mental health. And I, yeah. the thing that I always try to make sure people understand whenever mm-hmm. I'm supporting people is that um, mental health is not good or bad. It mm-hmm. depends on the scale. It's like a spectrum, just like yeah. you would have the autistic spectrum. Yeah. You either have too much of it in a negative sense or yeah. you can have a really great amount of it in a positive <laughs> sense. Yeah. But the difficulty is when people have 
really, really bad mental health around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so my background, like around it, is close to me because I've always done sports all my life yeah. since I was a kid. Since I was like in Canada, yeah, yeah, basketball, yeah. judo, taekwondo, baseball, mm-hmm. uh, pee wee football, mm-hmm. ice hockey. Uh, every you name it, there was yeah. never a time I wasn't doing something. Yeah. Um, and then obviously came over here. I still did sports. I did four, sports at a very high performance level in athletics. Yeah. I got to a GB junior level. Um, so my mental health really came about in the sense of it's and the performance anxiety because yeah. like with with sports at that high level yeah. performing you can be trained up great you can feel great you can be hydrated mm-hmm. and on the day you can just go out there as you capitulate yeah. because you just can't deal with the stress and nerves yeah, yeah and yeah. i felt really when i was younger like when i was 15 16 when i first started i i was breaking it every single time i raced yeah. even though i won some of the races yeah i yeah, still yeah. bricked it because i'm like oh my god like it's just overwhelming, like the stress of it all and everything. And I really, I said to my mom at one point, like, oh, I don't think I really want to do it because I didn't like the stress part of it. Yeah. It was never until I started doing it more, meeting more people and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I'm a very, I've always been a very shy, reserved guy. So yeah. I remember saying to you, like when I was younger, like you, you can, you would never catch me talking to a girl on a one-to-one basis yeah, 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 because yeah, like, yeah. I just didn't know what to say. My mouth would feel like it's got peanut butter in it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's not even that I'm trying to talk to a girl and be yeah, like yeah. romantically talk to her. I'm just trying to say like, do you like Yu-Gi-Oh? Or like, do you like, what are you into? And I'll be like, mm, like that. Yeah. And I used to always, I used to always, yeah, I, I say to my, even to my girlfriend now, like, I, I don't know what it is, but when I was younger, I used to have like this um, inferiority complex. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I had that. Cause there was nothing that made me like, my parents were loving parents mm-hmm. and they always made me feel like special. Yeah, exactly. You can do yeah, anything. Yeah, exactly. I, know you, obviously I know your mom and dad. Exactly. Um, you know, knowing you since we're about 12, mm. 13. So I can account for all mm. of those things, you know, we're both quite shy yeah, growing up. Exactly. And, um, yeah, so moving on from that, yeah. going through that as a, you know, as a, an early teen, mm-hmm. up until, you know, I think you stopped, you stopped doing your athletics around mm. 19, 20. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. 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 So in that, time frame mm-hmm. did you ever go and seek professional help or mm-hmm. did you ever sort of go to your gp to, mm-hmm. dis- to discuss any of the, the issues around anxiety did mm-hmm. you ever talk to your parents about any of mm-hmm. these issues i never talked to my parents really about it because i sort of just I'm, I'm just a happy-go-lucky kid mm-hmm. so i didn't see that there was actually a problem or anything mm-hmm. like that i just saw it as like a, it's linked to my sport it's not like mostly linked to me as a person i think as i got older and I started being more confident. Like, I think what really, really helped me is not, after we finished school, mm-hmm. not staying at Perryfields, not staying yeah, at yeah, school. Yeah. Because yeah. remember, we the school started up and had its own sixth form. Yeah. Everyone was staying back. And I think what really helped me is branching out and not going to somewhere where everyone else went. Because yeah. uh, I think when I went to uh, Starbridge College, it was like only maybe like five of us that went there. Yeah. Um, but no one was in my class. I think... Aaron was the only person that did sports yeah. and he was in the other class mm-hmm. and it forced me to actually get out of my comfort zone yeah. and meet other people because I, I remember my mom saying to me because I remember like I remember the first day and like no one talked to each other and my mom said to me yeah but don't you think everyone else feels the exact same way yeah. no one goes there and thinks that oh they're going to be like top dog and stuff like yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. and I remember just like saying to myself right if I don't talk I'm never going to speak to anyone and I'm never going to have friends. So I yeah. started talking to people. Um, but when I was doing a sport, I remember I was, I was lucky enough. And I, this is, this happens when you're 
And this is not me being, being a, a, a braggadocious person. Yeah. When you're good at something, people sort of give you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I remember having a conversation with my coach at the time, Lincoln. You remember yeah, Lincoln? Yeah, yeah. And Lincoln was like a former GB international athlete. And Lincoln saw that you have the raw potential, but you need to mentally get out of your own yeah, way. Yeah. And he sent me to see one of his friends who was the um, was the husband of a former woman who was the former world uh, women's record holder for Great Britain yeah. for 100 meters. And me and him just talked, and I didn't know at the time that he was a sports psychologist. I didn't know he was actually doing a psychology yeah. um, thing with me. He yeah, was yeah. actually asking me about myself. I thought I was going there just the fact that he was like talking to me about sports. Yeah. He was asking me about like what are you doing at school and what do you see yourself doing and yeah. why do you feel that way. And I left there feeling great because I felt like I got a lot of stuff off my chest. Yeah. And it was great. And that's the thing I would say to everyone: like, if yeah. you do get a chance to speak to someone, yeah. even if you you know, it's in a small capacity. It doesn't have to be a GP or something like that. It could be your parents, it could be your best friend. Yeah. Do speak to someone because it helped me understand a little bit more about myself and how yeah, I yeah, operate yeah. better. Yeah, because I was going to ask, I was going to ask you whether you had mm. any sort of stumbling blocks mm. when you went, you know, when you went to seek or when you were presented with professional yeah. help. But as you've just said, you sort of answered the question mm. as, uh, before I got a chance to yeah. ask it it didn't feel like you were going to see yeah, yeah, a psychologist exactly, or exactly. it didn't feel like therapy and yes, that sort of exactly. you were just having a conversation I, I think some people are scared of that in a sense yeah. because therapy is, is, is sometimes like a very taboo word like mm-hmm. counselling, therapy, mm-hmm. psychologist, psychiatrist yeah. it makes people think that something is wrong with them yeah. like if you go to see your doctor it's because you're ill if you yeah. go to see a counsellor it's because you, people think you're mentally ill yeah. no, people who have no issues or problems go and have a conversation with someone because it's important to do so yeah. something in my role now there's a, there's a psychological term called transference yeah. and within my role because I'm constantly talking to people about issues and problems that they have yeah. there's a high percentage of chance that I actually get transferred a lot of their mental issues and problems yeah, yeah, because yeah, you're yeah. talking to someone every single day yeah. about it. So who do the psychologists go to see? They go to see other psychologists. Yeah, 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 yeah. So sort of exactly, yeah. you have to in that situation. Yeah. So I just want to ask, if someone was going through a similar sort of ordeal that you were going through at that age, right? but maybe without a Lincoln in right. their life, you know what's what would you recommend they do what would be the first steps mm-hmm. that that person should take in order to get help at that young age what what would you advise well you? i think the first thing is obviously to talk to someone mm-hmm. and that's really hard because when you're young, I, I think it doesn't matter what age you are because i think even people older they find it very hard to talk to people yeah. um people who are young find it hard to talk to people but mm-hmm. i think it is having the courage within yourself to realize that it's not a, it's not a trait about you mm-hmm. as being not capable of dealing with an issue. Mm-hmm. It's just an aspect of everyone needs support in some capacity. Every form of life at some point or another, you're going to need someone to help you out in some way, whether it's uh, the bank yeah. to give you a loan, whether it's your parents to help you to buy a car, whether it's your yeah. friend to get you somewhere or mm-hmm. bail you out of a bad situation, yeah. whether it's a counselor, whether it's your GP, mm-hmm. or whether it's a psychiatrist, or whether it's your fr- you're someone that's close to you. Yeah. I think the thing is, is trying to find someone that you not only may find elements of respect in, yeah. but you respect what they say back to you. Yeah. And also yeah, yeah, yeah. as well, you feel comfortable because it's the security aspect. I think people feel that when you, when you disclose a lot of stuff to people, you feel very vulnerable. 
you know the uh the the analogy i always use to people is that like you know it's like a flower you know like yeah. when a flower is trying to bloom yeah. it's at its actual most vulnerable situation yeah, yeah, because yeah. anything can come along and actually destroy it in yeah, that period yeah, yeah. of time and i yeah. use that analogy with every single person i come across it's like yeah. baby growing up a baby's so vulnerable when they're little but and they need someone around them to protect them until they're at a part where they can actually fully be able to protect themselves yeah, yeah, and yeah, when yeah. you find someone who can actually let you offload stuff and you feel that like right i'm letting all this information out and i'm not getting a, a something back a feeling that it's bad that i'm letting off it's good that i'm letting this all stuff out it makes you feel much bored because you can then grow as yeah. a person from that and so that was really great advice um i certainly agree with all the points that you raised i think it's very important to get that conversation going and um to get people talking you know they it takes a lot to even get the courage to speak to someone yeah but as you mentioned speaking to someone that you can trust mm -hmm. in it does go a long way because definitely. i think that's sort of the fear i'm opening up a part of me mm -hmm. i want to be able to open up to someone yeah. that i know is yeah. going to sort of respect how hard it's been for me to open up and talk about this mm -hmm. you know this thing that's sort of affecting me or, or just been getting me down or that's troubling me definitely without that sort of thing that i've now i've, I've now exposed mm -hmm. to you being something that's now exposed to the world mm. or you, you know what I mean so I think those are very valid points um, I just want to now move on to um, just sort of that disclosure and, and sort yeah. of and, and opening up in general and you know being able to trust in people and I think you know we've been friends for a long time now mm. and I feel like I can talk to you about you know most things and, I hope so <laughs> yeah. yeah you know just last week I had mm. um you know, a bit of a hard time about mm -hmm. my ex and, you know, you're my point of call. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was very therapeutic, but then rewind six months ago, mm -hmm. you know, when I'd just come out of a relationship yeah. and we were sat down in a restaurant somewhere and it's just me, like me having that conversation with mm -hmm. Gary mm -hmm. and his response. So I think there's always been this issue with our older friends. Mm -hmm. People tend not to talk to them or open up about their yeah. mental health because they feel a lot more judged. Yeah. Um, whereas I don't feel that way with you because we've, we've, we've established a good enough relationship mm -hmm. and we're quite open with each other. But then there's the other aspect of it because yeah. I couldn't do the same thing with Gary. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So what, 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 what do you think, what well, that is? It's, what? um, everyone's different, mm -hmm. you know, and everyone's, everyone's has different experiences and some people who have maybe not have, I, I don't like to cast judgment on people because there are people who've gone through issues and problems themselves, but they're still they're not they wouldn't talk be able to talk about stuff. Mm -hmm. Having gone through issues doesn't necessarily mean that you're the a point of contact or a point of reference to be able to give advice to people. Mm -hmm. So it might be that the way that you dealt with it wasn't a great way to deal with it, you yeah. know? Um, and vice versa, just because you haven't, doesn't mean that you can't give advice on people yeah, in those yeah, situations. Yeah. It comes across as, it's, um, it just comes to the, down to the person. I think what happens is, um, I, being in school, if you, if you think back to being in school, I don't recall ever you know when we have like, we used to was it Thursdays we used to have like a like was it, was it what do you guys call it here we used to call it humanitarian um, oh yeah in um, Canada we used to call it humanitarian citizenship yeah was it citizenship and that's when you learn about like you know you do sex education you learn about um, what are you going to be doing in the future yeah. um, and I remember we had connections, connections as well yeah, but remember yeah. guy yeah uh, and I, was, I think guy still was around the corner from me well oh. I'm from my mom oh. um, because I will see I used to see him all the time yeah, when I was yeah, going yeah, to the gym yeah. around there but. Um, um, but the thing is, 
I don't recall any point anyone ever saying to us like about talking about your feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I know that for a fact because I took that. I had a conversation with someone the other day about mm-hmm. that. Like that's something that I would hope that schools are doing more because there's more and more young kids who are younger and they're experiencing issues and problems. Yeah, exactly. And they and they and they don't know who to talk to. Yeah, you know, but, like with, with social media mm, analysis, or it makes it harder it, for kids. It does so. make it a lot more. Yeah, a lot harder. It's every teenager now has got a phone, got mm-hmm. social media, where you're living a life where everything things rated whether yeah. it's likes comments how many subscribers yeah. someone's got mm-hmm. you know it's it, it goes back to what you were saying earlier about when you know you were an athlete and the whole performance aspect of mm-hmm. it yeah when you're doing great everyone expects you to be great mm-hmm. and you know it's no longer a popularity contest within the school mm-hmm. it's popularity con- yeah, contest the world. Within, yeah. within school yeah and now without within the outside world with social mm-hmm. media or this person's only got 200 followers mm-hmm. i can't really be seen with that can you, you, know, can, you ima- can you imagine when we were in school mm-hmm. if like twitter and instagram was like popping yeah. then like that would be people would be done out here because yeah. like the, the kids who really found it hard yeah. socially at school they would have found it harder yeah, the kids exactly. who were like popular yeah. at school mm-hmm. would have been like on another pedestal yeah. just like without us really even knowing it exactly. situation. So, you know, it, it does it does sort of increase um the sort of the number of potential problems mm-hmm. and potential ways of bullying someone so yeah. you can only imagine like it, school was stressful for us growing up and yeah. we were only having having to be worried about getting happy slapped yeah or, you know having having your lunch money nicked. yeah now yeah. like you know school <laughs> school bullying doesn't stop at school oh hell you know no. you go oh, home and like someone's mm. in your dms like mm. or on your comment section mm. you know it's it's it it's a whole different ball game mm. now and um i think you're correct you know you're correct in terms of there needs to be more mm. done to address mental yeah. health and, and ways of actually opening up. Do you know, do you know what the thing is? I hope that, well, it's uh, not that hope. Mm. Yeah, you ever watch that show, 13 Reasons? Yes, and I remember, yes, yes, yeah, yes. that show's that show sad. <laughs> but episode one up to 12, mm-hmm. before obviously, yeah, yeah, no spoilers, before yeah. whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually quite powerful and mm-hmm. it's actually a good rendition because I remember speaking to my cousin who's from who's obviously from New York because yeah. I family live in the States yeah. and me and her were chatting about it and she was like, oh yeah, those type of stuff did happen. Mm-hmm. Like the boys made lists about the girls and yeah. this happened. She was like, that's a little bit overblown, but you never know, like there's, there's thousands of millions of schools. Of course, yeah. some of that, that must happen. But you remember how like, how her mental health depicted. And remember yeah. she had a guidance counselor and she yeah. couldn't speak to the guidance counselor. No. But the guidance counselor didn't want to get involved because he didn't know. Yeah. And I felt for him in that show because she didn't tell him and he didn't push. Yeah. And then that's the that's the difficulty exactly. in that situation because yeah. you as the person of authority who's supposed to be supporting these young people here who are very, very going through a tremendous situation, mm-hmm. you're not doing enough to push them to be able to talk to you. Because remember, kids are not going to go out of their way to come talk to you. Yeah, exactly. Like, people, people, adults are not going to come out of their way to talk to you. You mm-hmm. have to meet them. Like, you know what I was saying? I meet people 50-50. No, like, yeah, in, my, in my job, yeah. I always tell people, I meet you 70% of the way. Yeah. I only ask you just to extend your hand yeah, and yeah. I will take you there and I will put you in front of the best opportunities possible yeah. and I will get you to the point where you can take those opportunities. Yeah, because, you know, James and I last on, on last week's show mm. um, discussed that you know that whole barrier of mm. you you've got to want to be helped oh yeah you know definitely. It, there's a lot of emphasis put mm. on people not doing enough to actually help yeah people but there is a responsibility mm-hmm. of the person that's actually suffering in terms of as you said you meet your patients or mm. anyone that you've assessed in the past 70 percent of the way 
there is that still mm. that responsibility of putting their hand out mm-hmm. and actually seeking. Oh yeah, you can't you can't make someone what happens like when you see people go who are recovering from you know who are recovering addicts mm-hmm. or people going through rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. They have to want it. Yeah. You can't you can put someone through that all that entire situation if they do not want it, they will never take the opportunity. Yeah. You know, um, it's the same thing. It's no different than in any of the aspects of the things that we encounter in life, and no different than any of the people we encounter in life. If you do not want the support, you won't take it. Yeah. It doesn't matter how I chop it up for you. It doesn't matter how elegantly I talk about it. Yeah. You gotta do it. Like in my job, my job is to get people jobs, mm-hmm. right? That's the, that's the Nelson Butterfly. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. to get people into work. Yeah. The way around it is supporting the mental health aspect around mm-hmm. it. So if someone's got high anxiety mm-hmm. and they find it difficult just to get up in the morning to go to do something or find yeah. someone finds it get they get stressed. I, I had one woman on my case, on my um that I supported, bless her heart. Uh, she's in work now. It took me forever to get her to something. She was capable she knew this woman had like a degree she had like 25 years experience i yeah. just asked her what do you think is the problem and she's like i think it's me and i, and I thought that's that's really good that she she recognizes that yeah, yeah, yeah. and the reason why she says me is that the moment i start working in a certain place i literally just panic because i start thinking about stuff that means no nothing to think about like i start yeah, thinking yeah. about like what am i gonna have for lunch well how am i gonna get there the bus journey there yeah. the, the putting in my pin into work and stuff like that i get stressed over stuff that is completely out of my control and that's yeah. why i always talk to people about putting the control back into yourself yeah, yeah, and yeah. taking the control elements away from the stuff. I always tell people all the time, just take off the dream. You can't control everything to a T. You can't, you can't control what other people do. You can't control what other people think. You can't control what other people say. You yeah. can control what you do. You can control what you think. You can control what you say. Yeah. Put yourself in those best situations. There's limits to that, obviously. Because, yeah. you know, people have very much health issues, like thoughts, things come into your head without realizing it, you know, if you're yeah. low mood. But, Again, it comes back to you gotta want the help, you gotta wanna seek out the support from somebody. Yeah, and it's the first step to get you there. Like I was just saying to you earlier, like if you want to start your own business, mm-hmm. you have to think to yourself, like, right, how do I start if I want to be self-employed or want to go do down this route? I gotta go seek out some guidance from somebody else who knows yeah. what they're talking about in that situation. Yeah. So Anto, thank you very much for coming down and obviously Appreciate that, man. talking to us about your experience, mm-hmm. your professional experience, you know, you dropped some real gems today and I hope all the followers really, really appreciate that and you can all take something away from that. You know, this guy's been my friend for about 15, 17 years. Um, he's, he works within mental health. He's gone through some issues himself. Um, and, you know, just really listen to what he's had to say today. You know, thank you so much. Appreciate that, man. And I hope, you know, you've made a change to someone's day and you've helped someone actually um, take that step forward to seeking professional help. So it's time to answer one of your questions from Instagram. And this week's question comes from um, Councillor Archer, who asks, suppressed and repressed memories, how how do we deal with them when meeting the standard mental health services? I'll ask that again. So mm-hmm. suppressed and repressed memories and how to deal with them when meeting the standard mental health services, a.k.a. a licensed therapist. therapist. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll just start with that one. Um, seeing as suppression mm-hmm. is a way that I have dealt with a lot of mental health issues mm-hmm. um, in the past or, or any sort of anxiety or um, any sort of difficult situation yeah. that I can't... That I can't you know rationalize or get mm. my head around um there and then 
I do try and, you know, just suppress it and try yeah. and either be- become a bit of a workaholic mm-hmm. and, you know, even with my breakup, for example, you know, it it took me to a low that I'd not, you know, I've not really been. Yeah. Oh, God. So with my breakup, it took me to a new low. Yeah. Um, and to sort of get around that, it, looking back now, it was suppression, you know, I made myself a lot busier, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and just took on a lot of projects. To just sort of keep my mind occupied because you find yourself um, subconsciously thinking about this person. Let's say it's a particular time of day where you know that or around about this time I would have been picking them up from work or would have been doing this at this time. Mm. And it just takes your mind to thinking about them. You know, you try and fill your day with new activities and new things to Mm. do around that time. And so it's not addressing the issue head on and it's not grieving, grieving head on, but it took the pain away yeah. there and then. So um, that that's just my personal experience. I don't have any advice per se, mm-hmm. but you being someone that's worked in mental health and obviously you were around me when I was going through yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Other suppressed um, issues in the past. What's yeah. your take on um, Councillor Archer's question? So first of all, Awesome, awesome question by Council Monster because that's one of the main things that you're going to go through when eventually you do go to seek professional guidance from mm-hmm. somebody because um, that's what it, that's what the main thing is in that situation. Um, so one of the things that like I, I I know probably a lot of people may know this already, but for mm-hmm. people who don't, there's the theory of obviously fight or flight, mm-hmm. um, and that's basically core essential human instinct mm-hmm. in, in any type of situation um yeah. it's to literally either fight a situation yeah. that could be physically yeah. or that could be emotionally that could be psychologically mm-hmm. or it's to flight and that's yeah. to dip you know <laughs> it's, to, it's to be like the flash and go into another multiverse yeah. basically and we things happen to our life i always say to people that experiences form mm-hmm. our perception on how we deal with stuff mm-hmm. you need experiences to be able to show you mm-hmm. how things will actually predict out and going yeah we don't make a decision to do something based off of just ah that may happen that yeah, yeah, yeah you know you do it because you think that that will probably happen in that situation mm-hmm. there um so one of the things that i would say with regards to um that that question is so with regards to um suppressed memories mm-hmm. that's obviously uh memories that you just bury down and obviously yeah. like we said like then like mm-hmm. something's happened and like you've consciously said, right, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to deal with it. Yeah. It's the, you know, that the meme of like the dog in the room with the fire around it. And it's yeah, just the yeah, caption yeah, just reads, everything's scary. fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. That's the best analogy for like suppressing yeah. stuff, like not actually being alert to think to yourself that it's not fine. Yeah. And it's okay that it's not fine. I tell mm-hmm. people that all the time. It's, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you don't have to be, um, on top of the world every single second of the day. It's all right to feel crap. It's all right to feel down. We all yeah. encounter that. Mm-hmm. It's what you do with it. Um, so when you do go to seek a professional, it's being open and honest. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, you have to break the wall. You got to break the walls down like Jericho. Yeah. You know, you have to completely submerge yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. One, one, one little nugget. So black people can't float in the water, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, swimming, yeah. like because bone density and every since mm. I was a little kid when I used to go swimming, couldn't float because mm. of bone density. I went swimming out when I was in um, on a holiday and went out into the ocean and my girlfriend just said like, oh, try to float. She knows that like, I'm not good at floating, but she knows that 
salt water makes you float. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. knew that yeah. and, didn't, and didn't say it to me because she knew that I was going to float. Yeah. So when I just said to myself, right, if I die, I die. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like, in the world, like there's some really nice Spanish girls around. Yeah. Someone's going to save me. Yeah. I started floating. I just said to myself, wait, I'm floating. She was like, yes. You can salt water yeah, makes that, you float. You mean think because because so... all because all of my experiences before yeah. of me being at swimming classes and trying to float and literally just submerging into yeah. the water. So that made my mindset think I'm never gonna be able to float in that situation. So it's really strange. I I went through mm. the exact same thing with Claude like last year. Mm. Like, I've never ever gone swimming in the sea. Mm. Didn't fancy the idea. Mm. And I had to do the exact same thing, you know, so yeah. But then with repressed memories, so that's when you unconsciously realize you do it yeah. because of traumatic experiences that may happen. So like, that's where you're going into the depths of like, if you've, so people, maybe you've come from um, terrible breakups, like you've done mm. said there, um, been abused, maybe mm. in the past, had a really stressful situation, um, or like just something's happened and it's just switched something ahead and now you don't even think about that mm. but you don't realize you think about it like one of the things that i in my in my old job prior to this one i worked for the nhs i worked as a clinical support lead so i supported young people mm. uh from the age of zero all the way up to 25 before they go into adult mental health mm. with uh, issues and problems from a clinical sense and we used to do a lot of work on anger management um mindfulness um yeah. open openness therapy and things like that and i had a lot of people that they didn't realize that they had so much resentment or yeah. anger or emotional instability over situations mm -hmm. because they never even thought about it themselves yeah. in that situation. So I always yeah. tell them that this is where you get the opportunity to relax, be feel free to talk about those things. You know, yeah. I think you, you need a good, you need a good, you need a good therapist. Yeah. You need a therapist who can bring that out of you. You yeah. know, it's like when you're in a relationship and you need someone who can be your, you know, the Batman to your Robin, who can, yeah. you know, who can be, who can be the person to bring those things out of you in that situation without making it feel that's been forced and extracted yeah, yeah, yeah. from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree one hundred percent. Well, thank you for your take on the question, and thank you so no much problem. again, um, Councillor. Awesome question. Awesome question. Asking the question, of course. Um, I hope we've, you know, tackled it to your satisfaction um i didn't really have much of a say on that one you don't need to apologize i'm not the pre i'm not the professional here you are <laughs> not professional <laughs> well you kind of are <laughs> you kind of are but um but yeah thank you so much yeah. for joining us today and so um, thank you again councillor archer for your question um, if anyone else has any more questions um, or any topics that you'd want us to cover, please comment on um, on our Instagram page or direct message us or even comment on YouTube. Um, and we'll try and pick a few questions out to cover on future episodes. Thank you.